We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, just going to give other a minute to file in. Shout out Alvin Grimes, Sixers fan in the building. I appreciate you, boy. Uh, can't wait to make it out to L.A. again soon. Um, I see Kevin Danishevsky. I see the boss, Robert Cross. Uh, excuse me, his holiness, Robert W. Cross, Esquire. Uh, ben Kim Gurvey, good talking to both of you and you, Kevin, at the town hall on Friday. Um, and yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a hard, it's, it's, it's an interesting time in, in, in Nick's land. All right. Um, well, look, we got a, people want to come up and start chatting off the rip. Well, listen, let's just dive in. Cause we have one hour. Um, so we'll start here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to KFS study hall. My name is Sean Hardy, uh, AKA Sean for W. Thank you for joining me today. And my co-host who I'm bringing to the stage, the one, the only Mensa Smith, uh, he'll be joining momentarily, uh, Today is Saturday, March 2nd. It is a gloomy day in New York. It is raining. It is icky. And I have to go to a birthday party in two hours for my cousin. So, uh, and I believe Mensa should be up here now. Yes, Mensa is joining me on the stage. Mensa, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, Sean. I'm doing great um, just because, you know, life's Life's going pretty well for me right now, but um, yeah, the Knicks are stressing me out. So I figured this would be a great opportunity for us to talk about why the Knicks are stressful, but why they shouldn't be so stressful because this really ain't the team. So yeah, ready to dive in and talk some everybody. So that's interesting you say that, that this is, oh, before I continue, do you hear like a, like a rubbing sound when I talk or is it, is it, am I clear? I yeah, there's like a slight rubbing sound underneath you there. Um, okay, what about now? Do you hear it now when I talk? Testable. Not when you, not really when you. Yeah, yeah, I think you're okay. I think you're solid. Okay, it's I. I have the wired headphones in, but it's probably like rubbing up against my shirts. So I have to remember to hold uh, the yeah, microphone. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it rub. Yeah, <laughs> but see now the funny thing is I'm not. Even, I'm actually holding the microphone away. Oh, whatever. I'll figure something out. Um, actually, I know what I'll do. I'll do this. Hold on. All right. While Sean figures out his microphone situation. Um, yeah. So today we're just we're here to do the usual thing we do. Talk about the Knicks and the state. Uh, well, you know, like the state of the Knicks today on March 2nd uh, at 2.01 p.m. Well, 2.04 p.m. And discuss, you know, the Knicks since post deadline. We really I don't think we did a space post deadline as yet. I'm not sure. The days are all running together for me at this point. I don't think we did. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Knicks, they haven't been playing very well, but there's a reason for that, obviously. Um, I'm, as I pull up the numbers here, um, I know last, most recently we lost to the Golden State Warriors. And then before that, we lost pretty much a load management game to the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota, wow, Pels. Yes, to the Pels. It just hasn't, things haven't been going the Knicks way, but, um, 
to be honest, we are in a place where we know that we're waiting for Julius Randle to get back. We're waiting for OG Ananobi to get back. Uh, Mitchell Robinson should be back shortly. There was a picture. Um, well, there was a the camera slid to um, Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle sitting side by side and they nope neither of them had any like medical gear on and i thought that was a really encouraging picture um that was during the warriors game on thursday so the knicks are getting healthy but just let just in the month of february alone we got a loss to the lakers february 3rd a loss to the mavericks february 8th february 10th we lost to the pacers february 12th we lost to the rockets february 14th we lost to the magic so we went into the deadline uh we went to the all-star break on a four game losing skid then we beat um we beat Philadelphia pretty handily and then we lost again to the Celtics we played a close one with the with the Pistons which is never encouraging if you know anything about the Pistons and then we lost two in a row with the Pelicans and the Warriors both at home and tomorrow we are in Cleveland at 7 p.m. so that might be that might be the third loss in a row we don't know how it's going but I don't like to project otherwise it's just the schedule has been a little rough for the New York Knicks and in the standings, we only have a half game lead on the 76ers who are in fifth place. And then we are even more doom and gloom. We are a game and a half out of the play-in, which is someplace we do not want to be, but um, yeah, just quick aside. Well, not quick aside, quick thoughts on it. Just these Knicks that we are watching are not the New York Knicks that we will be watching in the playoffs. God, um, knock on anything near you. Um, so Jalen Brunson has, has been his usual excellent self, but outside of him, we've needed Dante DiVincenzo to be the second best player on the team. We've needed Josh Hart to be the third best player on the team. We've needed Boyan Bogdanovich to be more of a six man. He hasn't been getting it done. Alec Burks, um, even Isaiah Hartenstein has not been himself. If you've, if you saw Isaiah Hartenstein at any point during the season and then you're looking at him now, like early in the season compared to now, it's just, it's night and day. You can tell he's very, very, very clearly ailed by his Achilles injury. So this team, when fully healthy, you're talking about a Dante DiVincenzo, who is your fifth man. You're talking about a Josh Hart, who is your sixth man, a Boyan Bogdanovich, who is like your eighth man, you know? And these are guys that we're relying on heavily in the in the interim and that Jericho Sims will not be in the rotation. Precious Achua has been giving us great minutes in the playoffs, will not be in the rotation. Miles um, McBride, Deuce McBride has been giving you a hell of a case for why he should belong in the rotation over a guy like Alec Burks. But even so, we have the option to not play him because of how much talent this team has when fully healthy. So while the games have been hard to watch and have been a little annoying, like um, most recently, Josh Hart playing 47 minutes. I remember two, three months ago, we were upset when Josh Hart played 28 minutes. Now he's playing 47 out of necessity and part because our coach is a madman. But that's neither here nor there. It's just... This team that we're looking at and we're reacting at in the moment isn't the New York Knicks that we will be rooting for at full strength, right? And as much as we want this season to be a big season for the Knicks, as much as we want to see this team get to a conference finals, myself included, we know in our heart of hearts that 2024 is not the year for the Knicks, right? Um I think I forget the guy's name already, but he posted a guy from Philly who was like a big guy. Um, he posted on Twitter that he's so upset when that the Knicks are like healthy, like because he doesn't want to deal with the Knicks fans. And I quote tweeted it with um, a, a clip from Dragon Ball Z basically saying that we're not in our final form yet. Right. And so even when this team gets healthy, it's not the Knicks final form. We may have one or two more big moves that change the landscape of this team and push us further towards championship contention. So while watching the games can be difficult and because we really want to see OG Ananobi back, I feel like I'm going to cry the first time I see OG, the next time I see OG Ananobi get a dunk off vert, or I might cry when Julius Randle bullies somebody and gets to the basket because we've been missing it sorely. I tweeted earlier, um, no, yesterday I tweeted that we're missing, we, we, we missed 30, like we're going through a midnight, like a midlife crisis. Like we need 30 back, like a midlife crisis is the actual tweet. Um, it hasn't been easy to watch. Um, Sean, I'll let you jump in and get your thoughts off. But while it's been hard to watch and while in the moment it sucks, this isn't the New York Knicks team that we will be rooting for even a month from now. There'll be a lot more healthy guys in the rotation and even in the summer and going forward. So while we want this team to win, 
all hope isn't lost. And I'm just hoping that we can hold on to um, a top six seed at this point because the health is I, I'd prefer my guys come back healthy and hopefully like Miami and Philadelphia can keep losing the way they've been losing since January. But um, hey, I'm not too sure where we're going to land, but I do know that the most important thing here is getting the guys back healthy, getting Isaiah Hartenstein healthy, getting um, OG Ananobi healthy, getting Julius Randle healthy, and getting Mitchell Robinson back healthy. All four of those guys are healthy. This team can beat anybody. So, Sean, I'll let you jump in. You know, so the last week on Nick's Twitter has been very, very fun because many people, many stores in Nick's Twitter have been engaging in this game of Nick's at Nick's, Nick's, uh, uh, Nick's in night court where basically we have just been people have just been looking up like pictures and tweets of people in uh, in gear for the teams and 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 saying things like you know rooting for the Celtics against LeBron and things like that and the biggest reason why this has been going on and again it's been absolutely fun Jeff is in the audience he can he can co-sign to this is because Talking about this team is like after a while, it's like, like to your point, this is not the finished product. It's far from the finished product. I did the post game of Andrew after the Pelicans game, and he asked me to react. I'm like, he's like, what's your scale? What's your anger scale on scale one to ten? I said one. Like these games, it's not that they don't matter, but they don't matter. Like this, like I'm not learning anything from these games. I'm not. And and I think the biggest, the most. the the biggest back and forth I've seen about the Knicks is you know the Burks and Bogey trade and and shout out to um Alex and to uh CP on from Knicks Fan TV who had a back and forth about you know Alec Burks you know Alex is saying like you know he's been playing terrible and and CP was like well it's been seven games and you know something both of them are right Alex is right. Alec Burks has been playing terrible, but um, CP is right because when we get all our guys back, he's the eighth man and he may be the ninth. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. So at this point, it's just like, all I'm worried about is can we avoid the play in between now and the end of the season? That should be our goal. Stay in the top six. And even though we've lost eight of our last 11 games, we are still, uh, well, we are a, yeah, one and a half game. Oh, look, Miami's back in the play-in. What a surprise on serious-ass basketball team. Like, I'm going to say this, and then we'll get to the callers. I'm going to put this on wax. I am not afraid of the Miami Heat. I'm not. Shout out to XJ. He's the same way. Now, does that mean that we cannot lose to the Miami Heat in a playoff series? No, that is that's not true because anything is possible, especially the way they injure our players. But I am not afraid of them at all. I am not going to treat them like the boogeyman. I'm not going to treat them like Candyman. Oh, you say 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 Candyman in the mirror three times, and Jimmy Butler pops up with a, with a perm. I'm not afraid of them. I am not afraid of them. And you know what's the biggest reason why I'm not afraid of them? Because Giancarlo Navas, who covers the team for Miami Heat beat and watches them, he says they're done. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll stand on it. But not like fully healthy, us against them, I'm not afraid of them. I am not afraid of them. There's only one team that I am, quote, unquote, afraid of in the Eastern Conference when we're fully healthy, and they play in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And even them, they have someone seriousness that comes along. So like I said, our goal to stay in the playing. To stay out of the plane. And the last thing I'll say, then we'll go to, the, then we'll go to uh, Robert Cross and Kevin Danishevsky who are on stage. I've seen some chatter on the on the timeline about maybe we should drop to the seven eight, drop to the seven or eight, get the play in, and then we win the play in, and then that way we avoid Boston because we'll be on the other side of bragging to the conference finals. I am not playing with that type of fire because anything can happen in one game, anything. And listen, we we've already seen in the last two weeks. We saw a game where we lost a game on an egregious foul call that was made, and we won a game on a no call that gets called 99% of the time. So the last thing you need is we're in a close game. Okay, right now, let's say the Knicks fall to seven, and, <laughs> and, and we play the Indiana Pacers at eight. Okay, let's say we get into that game, 
and it's close and we lose on a bullshit call. Now we're in a 9-10 game. Anything can happen. Oh, wait a minute. Julius reaggravated his shoulder. He's out. We lose. We're out, we're out the playoffs. Nope. Give me at least four guaranteed playoff games. And if that is the sixth seed, that's fine. If it's the fifth seed, whatever. So is life. So let's just tread water until we can get our guys back, which it sounds like, well, shout out to OG. OG started shooting yesterday. So which a lot of people are like, oh my God, like, how did he tell us? Like, no, this is exactly like, like, like he, he's basically following everything that they've told us. So I am guessing that he will be back before our West coast road trip, which begins on the 14th of March at Portland. As for Julius, honestly, I don't think we see that dude until April. And you know what? That's fine. Like, I mean, and I actually think that Julius is more is, I think people like, it doesn't matter about Julius. We need OG back. Oh man, we need Julius back. We need Julius back because I saw a stat that today that Jalen Brunson has the highest usage in the league since uh, Julius Randle got hurt. And I'll remind you that on a good day, Jalen Brunson is six feet tall. All right. I've been talking enough. Let's go to the callers. If you have something you want to say, you can uh, feel free to bring it to the, uh, you can either raise your hand to come up to the stage or you can leave in the chat in the lower right hand corner. Shout out to the chat gang. And first, we'll start with his holiness, uh, Robert W. Cross Esquire. Mr. Cross, how are you this fine morning in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, in Central Oregon, Sean, it's sunny and blue. Blue skies, lots of nice greenery, so I'm doing good. I just want to say um, my faith in the KFS faculty was rewarded this week. I'm glad that none of y'all were indicted. Uh, There were some unsubstantiated rumors about one of the members in Florida having pictures with Little Penny back in the day. I have yet to service, but I hope XJ comes through the sunscathed. Um, and if there aren't any photos of Kevin Danishevsky and Brooklyn Nets gear, I'm happy to make some with my agency. <laughs> so I'll start off with that. <laughs> just kidding, Kevin. Just kidding. I'll never do that to you. Um, I think that you guys are, you know, it's the steady oars in the, in the boat, right? Like the reality is we're, we're in uh, rough waters right now. And the less I say about Alex Burks, the better. Um, but as everybody's noting, this is not the team that we expect to see in the spring. It's not the team we definitely want to see in the spring. I don't, I guess my, my whole thing with these injuries and stuff and anybody who's played, I know Sean, we both tore, tore our Achilles playing ball, like whatever. It's really hard to forecast these things, especially Julius's injury. And OG's got that history. Um, so I don't, I don't share in the optimism. I also don't, I don't have pessimism. We, we really don't know. We, we don't know what we're going to look like heading into the playoffs. I guess my biggest concern for the mar- month of March, really, to an extent, is I don't want Brunson to get <laughs> any more banged up. And I, I agree with you, like, I, I think, and, and I think we've seen this um, with Julius being out. I, I think Julius is more important than OG uh, comparatively, in part because of the toll on Brunson. But the, but the reality is, is that a lot of the hemming and hawing over the past couple of weeks about the play, it, it, it's kind of like you're saying, it, it just doesn't matter. Um, it, it would only matter if, if we slip into that um, playing game and, and nobody wants to do that. I'll kind of end it on this since there's not a lot of uh, basketball to talk about per se. I want the Miami Heat in the playoffs so bad. I want the Miami Heat in the parking lot. I want Miami Heat on the corner of 33rd and 7th. I don't care. Like I, I know that would be an ugly dirty series. I, I, I want to step all over those people. 
there would there would be nothing happier other than full health than seeing the Miami Heat and the playoffs for me. That's all I got. Mansell, you have Mansell, you have something to say? Um yeah. So my I have a healthy dose of a healthy dosage of Miami Heat fear. And it's not because I think they're talented. It's not because um I is not even ha- and it doesn't have much to do with like Eric Spolstra being this great, amazing head coach who can take, you know, water and turn it into wine. It's a lot of it is because one, I'm a Jets fan and I just, I was told for a decade that Tom Brady was washed and then he won three more championships. So I kind of just have that in the back of my mind whenever anybody tells me, oh, this team is done. I'm like, ah, I really can't believe that because I was sold that bill of goods for a decade. Right. And then the other thing is the Miami Heat are easily, like easily the dirtiest team in professional basketball. Every time they play some, it's like once a week, they hurt somebody on the other team. Jamal Murray just got hurt. Um, Jalen Brown almost got into a fight with Duncan Robinson because Duncan Robinson is dirty. And then there's, there's there was a clip floating around the internet of him literally tripping somebody as they were running back up the court when he was on the ground. Like they played the way Dan Campbell was talking about how the lines were going to coach, were going to be coached, where he was saying in his press conference that, oh, um, if you're if we're on the way down, we're gonna take a kneecap with us. That's the Miami Heat. If they are on the way down, they will take a kneecap with them, right? They are the zombies. They are undying, right? So we could get them game one of the playoffs, and then oh, out of nowhere, here's Bam Adebayo diving for a basketball and injuring Emmanuel quickly, or here's Duncan Robinson um closing out on a Jalen Brunson three and just somehow landing on his landing underneath him. It's just this is a team. That while I have full confidence that we're healthy, they're healthy, we will beat them. I would take the Knicks in five against the Miami Heat team. It's just they're so dirty and they're a rival of mine. And it's just, well, not mine, a rival of the Knicks. It's just there's a there's a healthy dosage of fear. No, they're rival of yours. They're rival of yours. You don't know. <laughs> we don't like them. They don't like us. Yeah, fuck them. For real. Um, But it's just... I am afraid that they will hurt somebody because last year, if you guys remember, what team injured Julius Randle? It was the Miami Heat, right? And this year, what team injured Julius Randle? It was the Miami Heat. It's just, I don't want to see these guys because while I would love to bury them and while I would love to put them in the dirt, it's just, they are so dirty and I don't have full confidence. While I have full confidence that we will beat them, I don't have full confidence that we will get out of that series um, with a full bill of health. Now, the team I want to play is the Indiana Pacers. Bring those frauds on. I want. I think we would sweep the Pacers. I hate the Pacers. I've always hated the Pacers. I've hated the Pacers since um, since the even before my like actual like official Knicks fandom when Reggie Miller did the choking thing. And we won that series, by the way. I've hated the Pacers since um, we played them in the 2-3 match in the 2013 Eastern Conference semifinals. And they, um, Roy Hibbert got that block, but really wasn't a block. I've hated them because in game six of that playoff series, um, the game that we lost, they outshot us at the free throw line 46 to 19. And I, and it's, it's been smoke ever since. I want to see the Pacers. I want everybody to see that the same way that Donovan Mitchell, this much better player than Jalen Brunson, but every time Jalen Brunson plays him in the playoffs, he sends his ass home. I want the same thing for Tyrese Halliburton and his inspector gadget meets M. Bison style. Like I just want to get rid of him. So that's the team that I want to play. I don't begrudge anybody for wanting to see the Miami Heat because they're very weak and putting them away would be awesome. But me personally, I have a fear of them. And for anybody who doesn't, God bless you. But I am not one of you. Hey, Menza, I don't fear him because I'm a giant. That's fine. There you uh, go. You're not afraid of how things have gone your way. Afraid of Halbert. <laughs> what about you're not afraid of Halbert and Bentley? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. If we no. play them fully healthy, they will get one game max. One game max, and I'm clear. I, Mensa, I'm with you. I can't wait to pack those frauds up. And, and shout out to XJ in the building. XJ is a big Halliburton fan, so he hates when we shit on him. It's not that we think he's bad, but fuck him. Listen, I will 
listen, I have had a, a, a the dream scenario for me is we get the Pacers in round one, the Heat in round two, and the Celtics in round three. And again, if we lose to the Celtics, it's free, like we are playing with house money at that point. But I would love to pack these people up. But every time we play these teams, well, not the Heat, we 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 clap the heat every time we play them uh, this year. Um, but like the Magic and the and 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 the Pacers, it's just like we're we're it's either we made a trade. We never have more than like eight and a half NBA players when we play these when we play those teams. But you know, don't worry, four one tops. Like and they the game they would get is game one. If they don't get game one, I'm I'm look I'm looking for a broom. And someone you can clip this if you want to and throw it back in my face. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move on to Mr. Kevin Danishevsky. Kevin, welcome to Nick's net. Welcome to KFS study hall. How are you doing today? And are you on a bus somewhere as you are wont to do? Oh, you're just not going to talk. Kevin's sleeping right now on a bus. <laughs> All right. It looks like Kevin may be having some technical difficulties or maybe the mute monster got him. So we will give him a few minutes. Um, Mental, who told you that Tom Brady's washed a decade ago? Cause I didn't believe that. I th- how old was I think okay let me just look it up let me look up Tom Brady's age really quickly he's 44 or 45 because he's okay so he's 46 right oh, Jesus Christ so old. I remember reading an article on uh, SB Nation saying that Tom Brady has officially turned 37 at the age and there was this whole thing about how quarterbacks fall off a cliff at the age of 37 and I was like yes Finally. So that was nine years ago. And then after that, he went and beat the shit out of everybody for the rest of the decade. Like he won what he beat. Um, He beat the. OK, so he won. And didn't beat Eli. Oh, for two against C.Y. He was not 37 at that point. <laughs> so it's just Tom Brady was supposed to fall off every year for like six, five, six, seven years. And it just never happened. And kind of the same thing with the Miami Heat, where it's like they're supposed to have fallen off. They're supposed to be this playing team. And you blink and they're the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. It's just, it's a lot like the parallels are similar there for me. And just because I have never known a championship as a, for any of my teams that I root for, it's been hard for me to, to like let go of my own trauma. But I try not to project my trauma onto other people. So if you believe that the Knicks will beat the Miami Heat, I believe it too. It's just, I have a fear of them that is not really rooted in reality. And I'm totally fine admitting that it's just being a Jets fan has taught me never to take anything for granted. No, but you're right. I mean, the logical side of me, which is usually more lost and the hoops done. We probably don't want to be playing them because they're dirty. Dirty AF. They right? also suck. I mean, so would- they're, they're the worst. They're they're <laughs> the worst team out of the Pacers, the the Sixers group. Like out of all of those teams, the Miami Heat are the worst. It's just so I understand anybody who wants to play them and send those fanboys home. They probably won't even show up for Game Four, to be honest. If we beat the shit out of them, but at the same time, it's like, bro, I don't trust Duncan Robinson to not close out too hard, quote unquote, and just and, and put his foot underneath Dante DiVincenzo or something like that. And I don't trust Jaime Hawkins to not be on the coat juice and turn into oh nine Hito Turkoglu. Like there's just so much that can go wrong in a Miami Heat series that I don't see happening in any other series. And it has nothing to do with basketball. 
But at the same time, the big a big reason why I wanted to play Cleveland last year wasn't really a basketball issue. It's like we matched up with them perfectly. But I took I took into account that Darius Garland, Vanderbilt University, um, Jared Allen. University of Texas, Evan Mobley, USC. None of these guys played high leverage basketball in their entire life. And the first time they had to play for some shit that was real was in Madison Square Garden. And we saw that Jared Allen, that quote, the lights were too bright. We saw Darius Garland go four for 21 on April 21st. Like we saw it. We saw it with our own eyes. So sometimes factors outside of basketball do matter. And they don't mean everything. They don't mean nothing. They mean something. And where you decide and, and whatever you decide that means is what it means. For me, the Miami Heat being a dirty basketball team absolutely means something. And the Knicks will be more talented than them seven days of the week. If we are healthy, we will be able to beat the pants off those boys. But remaining healthy against the Miami Heat is a bigger challenge than it is against anybody else in the league. Mensa, let me well, ask you and Sean. So... Who are the top, you know, Knicks aside, let's assume we are healthy. Who are the top three teams in the East outside of the Knicks? So I think Boston's the clear one, right? So who are your two and three that that you're, you know, leave the Knicks out of it? One, two, three. Yeah, I think that I think it's the teams that we see currently. I think it's um I have a I have a ton of respect for Cleveland. I just do. Um, Donovan Mitchell's having his best season so far, which makes sense because he's turning twenty eight this year. He's in his athletic prime, and the Milwaukee Bucks, who are five and zero coming out of the All Star break, um, those teams. I think if everybody is healthy, outside of the New York Knicks, I think it's Boston, it's Cleveland, and it's Milwaukee. And um, I would even say in that order because the Cleveland Cavaliers, great basketball team. They were great last year. And their big problem against us is when they had to kick it out, it was they were kicking it out to Isaac Okoro. Now they have Max Struess out there. And I don't need to remind anybody of what Max Struess was able to do against the New York Knicks in the playoffs last year. So I think that they're a really good matchup for pretty much anybody in the East, including the Knicks. Um, so I think and then they're just deeper than any non-Nick, non, um, non-Celtic team. And then you got the Milwaukee Bucks, who still have Giannis. They still have Dame. They still got Brooke Lopez. They might have Chris Middleton, depending on what day it is. I like them a lot. Um, not afraid of Philly. I Until Embiid does it in the playoffs for me, I'm just going to continue to believe he can't do it in the playoffs. May it be a mental thing. May it just be that his body doesn't hold up. And Tyrese Maxey has been great, but I don't think they have enough to play with the New York Knicks. I think I think if Embiid was healthy, the Knicks would beat them in five or six games. Not afraid of them at all. Um, and then we have the... Yeah, so those are my three teams right there. Boston, I did, we don't really need to get into, into the Celtics. They got Jason Tatum. They got the best record in the NBA. They just have... They're just... Their top five is the best in the NBA. You got Cleveland, and then you got Milwaukee. If you're if we are healthy, and that's obviously a big if, do you put us too? So I am known to jump out the window. If the New York Knicks are fully healthy, to me, they're the best team in the, in the Eastern Conference. Um, in a series, if the Knicks were healthy and the Boston Celtics were healthy, I would take the New York Knicks in seven games. Um, why do I say that? I say that because our weakness was the bench, right? We saw how awesome the New York Knicks starting five was with DiVincenzo, Ananobi, Randall, and Isaiah Hartenstein surrounding Jalen Brunson. The issue was after Josh Hart on that bench, you didn't have much. Now you got Boyan Bogdanovich out there. So you can run a lineup of four 40% three-point shooters and Isaiah Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson with Brunson, with DiVincenzo, with Ananobi, and with Boyan Bogdanovich out there, right? You can insulate Boyan Bogdanovich, who's a terrible defender. You can insulate his habits with Mitchell Robinson, with Josh Hart, with Miles McBride, with OG Ananobi, with DiVincenzo. The Knicks have enough good defenders that Boyan Bogdanovich can be the offensive threat he's been throughout his career, and it doesn't kill you because you have such strong defenders around him, right? You got Miles McBride, who has turned it up offensively. Like, the Knicks' top nine, I don't think there's a deeper team in the NBA, one through nine, than the New York Knicks. And, of course, Jalen Brunson just being nails in every big moment. Like, it again, the same way that I thought that the 
Cleveland Cavaliers would fall short because they got um, because they got Randall I mean, because they had a Vanderbilt University guy and a University of Texas guy and they had a USC guy. The Knicks with Jalen Brunson, Villanova, two national championships. We've seen him in big moments before he got to the NBA. We see him in big moments now. I trust him to go into Boston and to beat them. And the last thing I'd say is I think we have the coaching advantage against Joe Mazzulla. I think that Joe Mazzulla and the Celtics. Joe Mazzulla is terrible. I think he. I think that team can be can play a little soft. I think that we could really rough up Chris Stapps Porzingis. We could really make him uncomfortable with Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson. Forty eight minutes of that, and we match up with, like we can match up with them with the shooting as long as Divincenzo and as long as Divincenzo and Brunson are out there, we can match up with anybody shooting wise. OG Ananobi can like we have not seen OG Ananobi. And a healthy and a healthy Mitchell Robinson and just this really healthy Knicks team sink their teeth into the Celtics. So the, the advantage that Jason Tatum gives you goes away with OG Ananobi on the court. It's Jalen Brown who's the X factor in that series. But at the same time, if Jalen Brown is the X factor for them, then we have an X factor in Dante DiVincenzo. I and look, there it's hard to see a team that can beat Holiday White. Um, the J Bros and Porzingis, but I think the Knicks can do it. I think the Knicks are really tough, and I think they really found something in the month of January. And as long as they are healthy, like, is there a more? Have you seen a more impactful defender than what OG Ananobi was able to do with the New York Knicks? Right, he just played so well. Yeah. And just to wrap it up, because I feel like I, I'm, I need to land the plane here. I think the Knicks could beat them in, in seven. I really do. We have not seen the. Oh, I mean, the Celtics. They. They played in some raucous arenas. They played in Oracle. They fell, they fell there. They played in Miami, but they have not seen anything. These young guys have not seen anything like Madison Square Garden. They have not been villains yet, is what I would say about Tatum and Brown. They are not villains in any city. They come into New York, game three, and it's, the series is tied 1-1 because the Knicks stole one up in TD Garden. I mean, for the TD Jake Center, shout out to Sean. I mean, I don't think they're going to be ready for that. I really don't. I uh, look, they're great basketball players. They've been to a copious amount of conference finals and everything. But Madison Square Garden, as we've seen, is a very different environment. And you need to be a sicko in order to thrive there. Reggie Miller was a sicko. Trey Young, he has that sicko mentality. His team isn't good, but he but you saw when he went in that building, he he was comfortable. Jimmy Butler, comfortable in that building. I don't know if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will be comfortable being hated the way the Knicks fans will hate them in that building. So give me Knicks and seven if both teams are healthy. And I'm, and I'm going to stand on that. We may never see it, but I'd stand on that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my guy, Mensa. I think he's calling for a reprise of 99. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible if we get healthy, right? And then I think the other question is, ideally, you want that, what, 10 to 12 games left? That's kind of also the big question because you got to integrate people into the lineup, but I can't, I can't hate on it is that's why OG is here from a defensive perspective. I think probably one of the bigger questions and what do you think winds up happening if I heart is kind of hurt, right? Like how does that rotation look? I guess we can, uh, if Mitch, that's where Mitch Robinson coming back is would really matter at that point. Cause something, my heart doesn't look right to me. Yeah, Sean, you want to take this one? Can you repeat that last part, um, Robert? Yeah. So, Mensa and I have the next three prize in '99. Oh, okay. Yeah, take yes. two. So we're 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 uh, we're flying high right now. But then my one question was, well, number one, ideally we want like 10 to 12 games left, right? So people can get integrated. But then I kind of was like, well, what if iHeart isn't healthy? So let's, how does that look like? Let's talk about that. I mean, if Mitch comes back, it's one thing, but I'm just kind of curious of your thoughts on that. I've been of the mindset, and I shared this with XJ, that they should just sit him until he's right. Um, now he had the same issue last year with the Achilles soreness. So and what I've been what I've heard is that his Achilles is not in fear of being ruptured, it's just that it's sore. And we all remember how he struggled last year in the beginning of the season because of his Achilles. And then once he got better, he was fine. Um, but then again, at the same time, he was playing 24 minutes a night, 
maybe 20. Um, but because obviously Mr. Robinson was a starter. Uh, it, I would just, I would, and I, I would pit find a five game stretch and be like, you know what? You're just going to sit until you get right. And then we'll bring you back. Honestly, I would consider leaving him home on this road trip. Like, you know what? We'll just Portland, Sacramento, Golden State, Denver. Let's see if we just go one and three. Maybe you steal. Maybe you steal one at Sacramento. And then you get back. And then it's because after you get back, it's actually you have a better idea. Now I'm looking at the schedule now because after the West Coast road trip, it's Brooklyn, Detroit at Toronto at who just lost. Uh. Scotty Barnes for an extended period of time at San Antonio who stink and then Oklahoma City. Maybe we say like just sit out those four games and keep on a minutes restriction um, until the, and, uh, until then. But just like, yeah, sit out four games for, or find four games of the schedule sit, to sit out because Mitchell Robinson has not played basketball since before Christmas. In fact, it was like the season been out since like the second week of December. I don't know. It's going to take and, and hissy. Unlike OG, OG can still be doing cardio because it's an elbow problem. Like Mitch is just Mitch has not, is not going to be anywhere near basketball shape. So like I said, if they can come back, if, if, if they, if we can get our guys in good shape by the, by April 2nd, cause we play at Miami. And then to your point, Robert, they will have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games to get back into playing shape and to acclimate themselves and to build some sort of rapport. Now, luckily for us, three of those games are against Chicago, so that's cool. One of those games is against Boston on the 11th, and they may they may have have everything locked up by then. They just may be going through the motions, and then another, and then we have another game against Brooklyn. So the season doesn't really after that Miami game. The season it's Sacramento at Chicago, at Milwaukee, at Chicago, at Boston, Brooklyn, and then Chicago. So ideally, if we can be back, if we can be in good shape rotation wise and health wise. By the first of April, I like our chances. If we're, if people are still, I like OG should be back by then. If he's not, something would tell me wrong. If and if Julius is back by then, if he's not back by then, then this might be cooked. Plus that, and the way Mensa and I are looking at it now, Sean, that game against Boston in April will be a preview to Eastern Conference Finals. The game against Boston. Well, listen, from your lips to God's ears. But for that to happen, we need to we need to finish either second, third, second or third or seventh. And I don't want to finish seventh because finishing seventh requires having to play at least one more game. To requires playing a game. Granted, it's at home. And winning that game, but you have, but if you lose that game, you're now an eighth, and you don't want to play Boston round one. So, all right. I was I was ignoring the logic of all I, that. I can tell. The other thing is, is that GMAC said on one of the live streams, if we get to the Eastern Conference Finals, there'll be a KFS party bus the entire series. Just want to make sure that that's on. Um, as long as you fund it, I'm with it. Uh, so you you and JMAC set figure figure that out. All right, let's go to Kevin Danishevsky, who's back and hopefully is not not having any uh, phone issues. Kevin, uh, hopefully you are off the uh, the M thirty four bus and that every you will be able to uh, chat with us. Kevin, no, I am in the safe confines of my home. Thank God. Although, like you, I have a birthday party. Thank God. Um, this birthday party is only a few blocks from my house, so I am very happy about that. Um, Kevin, Kevin, just real quick, I knew that you would be unscathed in these next Twitter trials. I knew it. I had no worries whatsoever. Okay, I have a confession to make. When I was a kid, don't do there it. are don't do photos of this. Is a recorded That's, space, Kevin? Don't don't incriminate. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, but I gotta get it all out there. I gotta be transparent. I gotta be transparent. No, actually, you don't. Have when to I was when I was maybe ten, there is a photo of me in a Nets jersey. Um, but my God, oh my God! 
I know. Scandalous. It is not on the internet and will not be going on the internet. So, um, fortunate. And I'll tell you what, Kevin, if you, what size donation do I need to make to your food pantry to get that on the internet? I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Um, that, 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 that's a good one. We could, we could definitely, I, I, it, it might be like specifics. It might be like, like, like if we could get like a whole shipment of like eggs because we like, cause that would be fantastic. Like, like just, 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 just if you can be the supplier for like four box, like maybe like five or six boxes of eggs and five or six boxes of cheese too, Robert. Um, let's negotiate. You might have. Uh, I, 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 would, I hate to interrupt this, but we have to get out of here in 16 minutes. Yeah, let me quickly get to my point. Sean, we're cooking. We're cooking, I, Sean. I have All right. to do, Rob. No, no, no. I want to get to that. I want to help, help you get out of here. So I actually don't have that much to say. I don't think there is that much to say about this recent run. I do just want to point out that Deuce McBride is beginning to really emerge, and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I know John is as – let's just say that last post postgame really annoyed me. Um, and, you know, I, I love John Macri, um, but, like – First of all, when I post a super chat, and like this is like this is like just the problem with the format. This is not his fault, but like I look stupid up there for giving him a retort. And I think Danny, this was true of Danny Gardner, but like I can't then retort back to John, right? It's just John who has the floor and is able to spend 10 minutes making his point without, and I'm sure this has happened to you too, Robert. Um, and it's 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 sometimes just like a frustration with the format. And like, I think that like Deuce is already a player who on the right team, you can play certainly at least 10 minutes a night. Um, and to have aspirations like Christian Braun was getting missed, was getting minutes for the Denver Nuggets. Jeff Green was getting minutes for the Den- Denver Nuggets last year and they won a championship. And if those guys can get minutes, I think Deuce McBride can certainly get minutes. Like, because Yes, there's the issue of like he I first of all, I think he can guard twos. I do think he's right that you prefer him on ones. Um and I also really his mid-range pull-up is automatic. And the whole question was, is he going to be able to hit threes? That's not a question anymore. Deuce McBride is hitting threes. So what is he what's he shooting now? 40 uh, he's shooting at least 40% for the season. And um that really needs to be acknowledged as a win. And I think a lot of people are upset that we gave up Grimes. Um, I think it was from the postgame comments. I think like I gleaned two things. First of all, like we needed shot creation and we needed to like, and the Knicks didn't want to give up future, future capital that they were are planning to use in a star trade. And um, so, so I think they preferred giving up Grimes rather than, Draft picks also because I think if we learned anything from the postgame comments, I think that the rumors about Grimes being disgruntled really had something to them because it wasn't just, oh, um, you know, like uh, he gets up against his old team. It was like like he was complaining about Jalen Brunson getting calls, which to me is insane. Um, uh, Kevin, can I ask you a question? Would you want to see McBride play more than yes. Burks moving on? I've said that. Moving I've forward? said that before yes. in the super chats. I think all of us I have been yelled at by John in the super chats before. So yeah. Um uh better you than me. What's up? Better you than me. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, you get plenty, you get plenty too. Um uh, uh but I, I here's my here's the here's the main point I wanted to make quickly. I think what is really imp- what is really important is to at the very very worst get two and really get three of the next five and I think that is really doable even for this iteration of the Knicks presuming that we get OG Ananobi back for the West Coast road trip because okay Cleveland's better than us right now Orlando I'm even going to say is better than us right now but Atlanta doesn't have Trey. And we smoked the Embiid list Sixers on the road last time. So if we can get those three games, 
I think we're going to avoid the play-in and um, have time for OG Ananobi to reincorporate himself. And that was the goal. The goal that when I saw the schedule uh, before, I thought that OG, I think John had pointed to March 14th, 13th, and a couple of other people had pointed to the West Coast Road Trip. And I was thinking, okay, just go five and five. And right now we're two and three. If we can finish off three and two, which I think is still really, really doable, I think that's that's would be a success. And I think we and certainly beating if we beat Cleveland, then you can drop one of those games. Um, and I think still have it be a success. So I think that should be the main focus. And I think doing that will be what gets us to in the theme in of this uh, study hall tread water. And as long, as long as we can avoid like certainly two and eight, certainly three and seven, even if we go four and six over the 10 after the all-star break, I didn't think that was a disaster. And I don't think that's a disaster, but I, I would, I really think five and five is doable. And I think that that should be the goal over the next of the next couple. One thing I also, um, also will quickly just say is we have we have still over the stretch we have still taken business um, taking care of business against bad teams other than the Rockets game which was incredibly stupid. Um, um thank you, Kevin. I think that um yeah, the Rockets game was stupid, but, but what can you do? Um, I I just think that you know and and to answer the question that Rob asked earlier, like. Who are the, the teams that we that like after the Celtics? Like I, I said, I I had the Cavs being the one seed at the beginning of the year, and if they hadn't had a bunch of injuries in the beginning, maybe they get close. Although Boston is on a sixty four win pace. Um, Sean, yeah. I have a serious question yes, for sir. you. <clears throat> what do Evan Mobley and Charmin have in common? <laughs> They, bo- they both. They both. Uh, the answer is they both are deathly afraid of Andre Drummond because he destroyed them. He destroyed them last the other day. Uh, <laughs> although, listen, I don't really like as we discussed on the as we discussed on the the KFS Town Hall. I think the word "soft" gets thrown out around a little bit too much, but I I see your point. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. After Cleveland, the team that I've quote unquote fear the most, and I'm assuming that if, if, if everyone's at full health, um, if everyone's at full health, I fear, I fear Philly more than Milwaukee because honestly, a team that you're not afraid of Bowser. Come on, hmm? you're not afraid of Bowser Embiid. You're gonna spend more time rolling on the floor. Well, my thing is, honestly, it's more along the lines of a team that starts Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley in the backcourt is going to be food in the playoffs defensively. I agree. Um, And apparently, Brooke Lopez is no longer defensive player of the year anymore. So, um, yeah, I'm... I I would just like these guys to get healthy. Like I just that's what I really really want. Um, let's go to we have eight minutes left. Let's go to Brian before we wrap up. Brian, thank you for patiently waiting. Uh, welcome to Nick's Film School Study Hall. The floor is yours. Good good hey, morning. Good afternoon. Good morning. Well, good morning for me. Um, I think that uh, to me, I don't want anything to do with the Heat. I know a lot of guy people want to face the Heat, but it's just too much of an. In- I think we beat them. It's just too much of an injury thing. I want them to face the Celtics. I think Bam is looking forward to smacking around KP. I think, um, I kind of wish, <laughs> I kind of wish the Knicks were a little dirtier. <laughs> I wish that like, you know, when KP or somebody, um, goes into the paint, they get pushed on their ass. Cause I think that's, what's going to beat the Celtics or to even compete with the Celtics. I think one of the players, we have to take out one of the big three, like not take out physically, but you know what I mean? Like basically physically, 
make them extremely uncomfortable, kind of like what we used to do with the with Pippin. We used to kind of get Pippin's head and have smackdowns with him. Um, I think I want to know what question to you guys. <laughs> this is kind of what the playback when you guys do playback. Do you go through the app, the playback app, or the YouTube? It's so confusing. Do, do you know which when you're what you're supposed to go watch the game or listen to the game? So, all right, we'll do a we'll do a quick minute of um, KFS IT support. So, when we watch the game, we are what we're looking on playback. So, if you are in, if you are not in the New York area, you can connect your League Pass account to you can connect your League Pass account to playback, and that allows you to watch the game on playback. What some people do who are in the New York area, what they do is they have the game on another screen and they watch and they watch our YouTube stream so they can follow along with our comments. Um, so I hope that clears it up for you. And I don't think you're in the New York area, right, Brian? <clears throat> the other thing is NBA League Pass sucks. Oh, it does. It's, it, is, it, 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 is, it leaves something to be desired. That is true. So, oh, it drops you out. I've already broken two iPads this year because I had to throw them out the way. Well, Plus the... Um, the only thing good about the league pass is you get to watch those like stuff that happens in between quarters. <laughs> yes. The, the, the live feed. Yeah, sometimes that's interesting. Yeah. Like Orlando has so much shit happening between quarters, more than the actual basketball game. That is actually Brian, I would just add, <clears throat> Brian, I'm kind of curious. I ask you the same question I asked Sean and Mensa. Who are your top three outside of the next uh, Boston's one? I would presume, but who are your top three in the I would go I think the Bucks and then the 76ers. I don't if obviously if Embiid is healthy. But I don't I think the Bucks over Embiid, even if he's healthy. I just don't think like I think Embiid runs out of steam, so you just have to get to game six or seven. And you don't get that with with um the Greek freak. You don't get that with him. He's not. He's going to be as crazy as he was. The, he's going to be the best player on the court from game one to game seven. With the bead, he just wears down. It's just over time. He just he's not in shape enough to get go through all seven games. That's why I would rather face the Bucks than the 76ers. Sean, did you say your top three? Yeah. So mine is cl- like uh, excluding the Celtics. It's Cleveland one. It's Cleveland one, Philadelphia two, and then I would put, I'll put Miami three, because I'm telling you, man, this is, I've said this from the beginning of the year. I'm like this, like, like you're afraid of ghosts. No, 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 no. It's not about ghosts. I don't believe in Milwaukee. I don't believe in Milwaukee. I don't believe that you can they have no perimeter. I don't defense. believe you can sacrifice that much perimeter defense and win. Like. And especially since I remember I saw I, I saw someone that said, um, you know, because li- listen, Brooke Lopez, I remember Brooke Lopez in New Jersey and so does Kevin because he's watching him in his in his uh, with his with probably wearing his jersey at the time. But so just everyone knows Kevin admitted he was a fan of the Brooklyn Nets up until college earlier on. The show. <laughs> okay, oh, Kevin, wow. I told you, I told you not to say anything, but you did. You chose to, you chose to hang yourself. Uh, hang myself, defend myself from flagrant mischaracterizations, from dishonest, bad faith arguments put forth. Uh, Mr. Robert he was a Drums fan until. Is not wait, I have to co- wait. I'll correct. I'll correct it. He was a fan until Kate, the New Yorker, KD Kai recovered. That's when he became. Kevin, a- are you new to Twitter? Are you talking bad faith arguments? Uh, are you new to this app? Hello. Anyway, I said this at the beginning. It's. I said this at the beginning of the year. Oh yeah, um, Brooke Lopez was not a defensive stud by any stretch of the imagination when he played for Brooklyn. Even to a point even when he played for uh the Lakers cuz he was a Laker at one point. He gets to Cleveland, Cleveland. He gets to Milwaukee under Bud and it's wow, defensive player of the year, top 5 defense. Bud is gone and look, now they're 17th. I I just don't believe it. Now, now, granted, listen, I I hate to go full Kenny Smith here, but when you have the best player on the floor, you win the series 99% of the time. And they will have the best player on the floor if we play Giannis. But then again, 
Giannis has Giannis. Uh, I mean, as great as he is, he has one championship, and he got that championship against a Phoenix Suns team that played. Uh, that had a very, very fortunate road to the finals. And I'm not taking that away from him, but what I'm saying is I've seen this Bucks team lose to teams that they quote unquote should not have lost to. And again, the perimeter defense is listen, look, man, can you can you imagine Devo and 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 um Devo and Brunson will feast against those guys? Oh, we'd love we we'd like to yeah. and, and, and also Yes, go we ahead. Can, we can we can also think about all the Hall of Famers that Doc Rivers is coached, and he only has one championship. So I ain't scared of the Bucks. Not and even close. Did he even take the Tibbs versus uh, Doc Rivers uh, 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 factor into account? Um, and the other th- and the other thing is, I'm pretty sure that Malik Beasley will not be shooting 75 percent from three when we play them, like he did the first three times we played them. So there's that. So that's why. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say Miami stinks. But I'm just not afraid of them. So it's not I'm afraid of ghosts. Like, listen, Jimmy Butler, you know, basically like scratches his ass until the All Star break, and then he starts playing. All right, not a, well. Let's see how long you can get away with that. But whatever. All right. Yeah, we're gonna wrap up soon. But go ahead. I'll go to you, and we'll go to Mensa. Then we'll get out of here. So outside of the Celtics, who is the team that scares you the most? The team that I'm afraid of the most outside of the Celtics. If anybody, and if you're not, if you're really not, I'm not afraid of any of these teams. I'm not afraid of Cleveland. I'm not afraid of Milwaukee. I'm not afraid of Philly. I'm not afraid of the Magic. The the Magic. (laughs) Whatever. Hey, don't upset extra. He's got pictures of him with the little penny. Um, (laughs) So are are you joining the 99 reprise part two then with me and Mensa? Are you on the KFS party bus? Listen, if we're fully healthy, we can get to the finals. Absolutely. And hopefully if we don't get, hopefully if we get to the finals, which is 25 years ago this year. And I remember this because I'm going to my 25th high school reunion this summer. I just, I just, I just, I just bought my ticket. Good God. I'm old. Um, as long as we get there and we're not missing three, not you know, we're not a mash unit like we were in '99. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what it looks like against Denver because I still think Denver's gonna win. I can't wait to watch Minnesota shit all over themselves in the second round. By the way, good lord, cannot wait. We take the over on that. Uh, Minnesota might not make it out of the first round. Um, I don't know if I trust them over any team between seven through 10. I think right now it's Sacramento, um, Dallas, the Lakers and golden state. I don't know if they could beat any of those guys in the seven game series. I I don't know, man. They could beat the 10 seat. Well, okay. It's Sacramento seven, Dallas, eight, golden state, nine, LA 10. But here's what I'm telling you. Why don't we think, why do we think they can't beat the 10 seat Lakers? Besides the fact that they're the Lakers, they have LeBron James. Like, like, why do we like? Why do we think they can they can't beat the Golden State Warriors? Besides nostalgia, right? Golden State's been really good since they got Draymond back. No, they and have. It's just, but and it, it's really it's not necessarily. Again, this isn't a talent bet because obviously the number one seed is more talented than any team in the play in. It's just the West is tough. Like if they had like, come on, like if it's. If it's Minnesota and Dallas one eight, <laughs> oh man, I I don't know how you take Minnesota in that series. It's and it, and to me, while a lot of that is going to be like that's an opportunity for Cat Slander, um, it feels like every time I look up and the Minnesota Timberwolves are losing, it's because Anthony Edwards is three four eleven from the field. It it it's just they're young and like while I like Mike Conley and while I do like I like most of that team, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to shit on them. It's just I don't know if I trust them to actually win a playoff series quite yet. And and the teams that they're going to go up against, there there are no layups in the Western Conference, is what I'll say. That I agree with. Um, and I, I and I also agree with you that like, um, there's there will be some there will be some come to Jesus moments for the people who crown Anthony Edwards as the next Michael Jordan already. Like, like as, as I have tweeted and I will continue to tweet it, the idea of Anthony Edwards is better than Anthony Edwards. Not that he can't ever be what he, what people project him to be, but he ain't there yet. So, and it will be funny if they lose in the first round, everyone's going to blame cat. Watch. That's what I, I've already got the uh, tweets preloaded. 
Let me find out Robert Cross has uh, tweets and drafts. All right. We're going to wrap up here. It is 303 on the East Coast. I need to get ready for this birthday party. Um, Thank you to Robert Cross, to Kevin Danishevsky, to Brian for joining us, as well as, as always, big shout out to my co-host, Mensa. Mensa, any last words? Um, Just counting down the days so the Knicks get healthy. 99 reprise part two. I am with you, Mr. Smith. Um, big shout out to Chris Persianen, who could not be here today because he is in Philadelphia calling Fordham at St. Joe's. Um, I told him afterwards to go get a cheesesteak from Larry's. He said they're going to do that. If you're ever in the Philadelphia area and you're near, and you're in North Philly near the St. Joseph's campus, go get your cheesesteak from Larry's. In my opinion, it is. I'm not going to say it's the best because everyone swears they have a cheesesteak spot. That's the best. But it is my favorite cheesesteak spot in Philly. Go get a Kobe from there because that was Kobe's favorite spot. And a Kobe cheesesteak is cheese, onions, a cheese. Fried onions, mayo. That's it. It tastes amazing. Don't wow. argue. All right. So for Mensa and for Chris holding it down, I am Sean to W. Thank you for listening. Next Nation, let's ride. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.